thanks for tuning in again on a new week. Kind of going to keep rolling with new episodes coming at you every Monday. I think that's a pretty good day, a pretty good way to start the week off, I think. Especially because I'm going to be starting a little intro with you guys. It's going to be kind of a challenge for us as we start a new week. My mom got me this gratitude journal and I just wanted to use that um, as a way to, I don't know, apply it more to my life, I guess. Maybe you guys could take some stuff from it too. So it kind of goes into like a reflection and then respond or like a challenge for that week. So like, for example, this last week, it was nourishment. And it used the verse from Exodus, Exodus 16, verse 31, excuse me. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. And then it just kind of gives a little bit of intro talking more about like our comfort foods and just how God can provide for us in that way and how we should be grateful for the little things like even food. Or last week for me, it was rest. So it's just a time for us to reflect back, at least for me. It said, think back to your favorite comfort food growing up. How did it make you feel whenever someone prepared it for you? That I just journaled a little bit of that. So if you guys wanted to just roll with that and you can do your own journal time for that, that was the reflection part. And then the respond part is surprise someone this week with his or her favorite meal or dessert. And I that is in the making for me. Actually, it's in the oven right now. I'm making banana bread. My family and I, we're going to go on a little snowboarding trip. So I thought it would be a fun time to bring some just snacky foods that um, I'm making. So I thought that was a really good good timing for the week too. And then this next week will be on hospitality and maybe kick off this week with the hospitality um, challenge. So why don't I just go ahead and read that for you guys. This is also fun for me too. It's a way for me to debrief the last week and then start on a new week with a challenge. So let me share this week's little challenge and reflection for us. It is on hospitality. Romans 12 verse 13 says, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. If being a hostess doesn't come naturally to you, it's tempting to leave hospitality to those who seem more naturally gifted in that area. However, opening our homes and lives to friends and strangers can be one of the most rewarding experiences we will ever have. And I so agree with that. There is so, so much good conversation um, and just memories that can come just from opening up your home and allowing people to come in, stay a while, even just for, um, or dessert or just a game night. And then a way for us to reflect is in what ways has God abundantly provided for your needs, either directly or through the generosity of others? So I will be reflecting on that personally, and then you guys can do that if you want. The response, the little challenge is find someone in your church or neighborhood who is usually alone and invite him or her over for a meal or take a home cooked dish to a person or family who might need the extra help. It's not even necessarily having people over in your home, although that is definitely nice and a blessing if you have a place to call home that people can come over and 
enjoy spending time with you. Um, I think that's a positive. But if not, bring in a home-cooked dish to someone in need. So I hope that is kind of a fun way just to introduce, before we go into the meat of the episode, just kind of starting off with a little reflection, a little way to um, remember to be grateful for what we have. Okay, so we are just going to kick off this episode, just going kind of right into it, right off the bat, answering the question, why are we here? This is obviously not a light subject or question, but we're not going to shy away from the heavy stuff here. We're just going to go right into it using the Bible as our filter. Because as Christians, we have a desire to take it to God's word and just use that as our foundation. So this is obviously where two worldviews clash with answering this question, why are we here? You have the biblical worldview, um, which talks about that question throughout the Bible. And I think that's just really cool that we have the opportunity to have the word of God written out for us and to answer these tough questions. And then there's the secular view um, on the other side of things. And, you know, they don't really have written response for why are we here? If you Google it, so many things pop up. And I understand how that is such a difficult question for people. And especially, you know, if you're not saved, it's going to be hard to think about that. And you kind of don't want to think about it. But if you were to ask someone that question, just, you know, on the street, just some random person, I'm sure you would hear all sorts of answers from, you know, we're here to be good people, to make a difference, um, you know, be kind. And then you have people that might say, we're not here for a reason. We just die and we sit in the ground. So why don't we just eat, drink and be merry? And so there's kind of these different views. I would say they they clash in that way. But even within Christianity, there are differing, differing views as well. Um, I think innately, if we are saved, if God has saved us, we know we're here to glorify the Lord, right? That's just kind of the gist of that. If anyone was to ask you that, why are we here? That's probably, you know, our first response. We've probably grown up hearing that or just from reading the Bible, we found that out. So we know that innately, um, you know, we're not here to glorify ourselves or other people, whether that be celebrities or just our neighbors. We're not here to glorify anyone else but God, really. And like I said, humans innately know that. We have a conscience. God gave us that. And in Romans 1 verse 18 to 21, I'm just going to read that quick. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. We know deep down 
we're here for a reason. You know, we don't just die and sit in the ground. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're an atheist, even atheists know there is a God. It says it right here in scripture. And I take God at his word. And he wrote this for us. Um, All this scripture is inspired by him. But when it says, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. We all were born with a conscience. We know right and wrong. We all were born with this desire to worship. I mean, everyone worships something, even if you're an atheist. Really, you're worshiping yourself. We're born... um, innately we want to worship something follow something and deep down the scripture says we know there is a god and we know we are meant to worship him and serve him and to give him glory and i get that you know it's easy to just say glorify god that's why we're here sounds really easy and maybe even as a christian you just thought that should just come so naturally And in our flesh, no, it doesn't, but God has given us new desires when he made us a new creation in him. But I I understand that it is easy to get off track. We don't always glorify God. We can't. We don't always desire to. We just don't because we still fight the flesh. We will never be um, perfect and we'll never reach that perfection of just always glorifying God in what we do. It is very encouraging, though, to know that the Lord sees Christ's blood covering you, even if we do mess up and fall. Just because we are saved, we are kept by the Lord, and He doesn't look at that. He looks at the sacrifice of His Son. So yeah, there are seasons when we lose sight. We're not feeling it. We're not always glorifying God in what we do. I just think about the ups and downs in my own walk and how I used to approach this question. Even as a Christian, I just started believing certain lies. Why am I here? And so I I guess I, I grew up in a Christian home. I knew on a shallow level that ultimately we're here to glorify God. And then it wasn't, you know, until I got saved, until the Lord saved me when I was about... I would say 12 years old, that's when I really started to live my life for Christ. And that's when glorifying him came into play. And obviously my desires changed. And that's when I really knew what it means to glorify God. Because it's really easy for me to just say, and even other people to just say, okay, we're here to glorify God. But what does that mean on a practical level? Like, how do we exercise that? Because like I said, it's not necessarily 100% natural for us to just do that. Um, We still fight the flesh. But kind of going back to my walk, when even I, when I was, well, I am a Christian, but at certain times during my walk, I had fallen into just believing different lies. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the song, I Was Here by Beyonce. It is a jam, I will say. That was like my theme song for a while. I was very into like, you know, I want to be remembered. I want to leave this legacy of myself, myself in all caps. 
So if I don't have this many followers or if I don't do this or look like this, I'm not going to matter and people won't remember me. I won't be able to leave this legacy or to say I was here like Beyonce's song says. Um, And that's all, you know, the emphasis on me and, you know, what I'm going to be remembered for. And so this was, I mean, even during my Christian walk, I was believing some of these things and really um, this triggered a lot of depression for me. And it even, you know, it got so, I got so deep into just being consumed with these thoughts that I was thinking, okay, I'm a woman. You know, I was just believing lies that I don't matter. Um, I felt worthless. Um, You know, just why am I here? Really? And if I don't do this, if I, you know, if I don't have this whole legacy of my life, it's not going to matter. And I get it. We want to feel like we matter. I think that's also innately in everyone. We don't want to feel like we're the last one picked to play on a team. You know, that that's a sucky feeling. But it is very dangerous to get caught up in thinking all about me. And so this kind of triggered my depression or started it. But I, I just had this struggle ever since I got saved. You know, why am I here? I don't feel like I have a purpose felt like I was just going about rooms and transportation and just doing life with no purpose. And everything just felt really dull and foggy. And I still have those bouts of really low times, don't get me wrong. Um, I would say, though, they are not as bad as in the past. I think the Lord has really grown me in that. And I'm not going to say that I'm ever going to be completely healed or cured of that at all, because I do think scientifically that depression is a chemical imbalance um, that certain people are born with. But anyway, there's certain things that trigger it. And this question, why am I here, really did me over. Like that was, that was hard because I, I did think about that a lot. It was very consuming. But over time, and I, I remember praying about it so much. And at first I didn't. At first I was I would say I was pretty bitter towards God um, just for different lies that I was believing also just about being a woman and, you know, not feeling like I was made for a reason. And so I was, I was kind of bitter towards the Lord for that, but eventually he brought me out of those low times and seasons and he just showed me, you know, I, I am still here it must be for a reason. And he's kept me here. You know, my life is in God's hands. Okay. I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. Thankfully, um, God showed me that. And he, he showed me that, you know, there's, there is a purpose for me being here, even though I felt just like an ant on this huge planet. You just feel really small. I feel like when you're depressed, just kind of helpless. But thankfully, God really brought me to a great place of just realizing these things, realizing, you know, I was very me focused. That was a lot. You know, I was just always thinking about that, thinking of how I want to be remembered and I have to do this and I have to do that. And I was just drowning myself in those thoughts. And later God brought me to drowning myself in scripture instead and just delving into it being consumed with scripture rather than my own thinking. 
So the amount of time I spent thinking about all of that, I could have been in the scripture. And eventually I did. Um, And that's just, you know, my journey with how I struggled with this question, because it is a pretty big deal for me. Like I said, we all want to feel like we matter. So I'm sure everyone has thought about this before. And and even Christians, I'm not going to say that it, actually, it's wrong to say that Christians don't struggle with depression because we do. We just we struggle with depression and even anxiety. Anxiety can um, really be triggered even by this question: Why are we here? So Christians do struggle with that. It is a very human inclination. We're still human, obviously. I remember my dad telling me about a couple theologians who also struggled with depression, which which was very shocking to me um, because I just kind of felt alone in that. And I think when we get depressed or have anxiety a lot, we do tend to kind of isolate ourselves thinking that we're the only ones who struggle with this. So for example, even Charles Spurgeon, Jonathan Edwards, I think John Wesley also struggled with depression. And if you read some of Charles Spurgeon's writings uh, and sermons, you can probably pick it out. He's definitely talked a lot about depression. And he's always said, while in the context of talking about depression, that it wasn't given to him by accident. Um, and he uses that word given to him. Just like how Paul, I think it's in 1 Corinthians, he uses um, that term as well. He says he was given a thorn in his flesh, an affliction. And then God said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And wow, this was a verse I clung to during these times. And even my husband Kyle has showed me this as well, that Paul had this thorn in his flesh. You know, we deal with these struggles and afflictions, and it seems like we shouldn't have those. seems like it's, um, sometimes we might even blame God for giving us those or for allowing that to happen. But again, it's not by accident that we struggle with depression or anxiety. Um, And I just love how the Lord, when he spoke to Paul, said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sorry, I just had to repeat it. But just a great way to ground us when we are just kind of focusing in on, on that, like, Uh, kind of like why me or victim mentality because I get it. Dealing with depression sucks. It's not easy. And it is, it does feel like a thorn in your flesh and it doesn't really seem to go away. I have noticed, like I said before though, that God has definitely brought me to a better place. Maybe I've grown, maybe he's grown me more where it's just easier, I guess, to deal with it or I just run to him first in those times, in those bouts, when I feel really low rather than consuming myself with my own thoughts. So that is a great verse. If you are looking for just a passage of scripture to um, meditate on, that's it. It's I think it's 1 Corinthians 10. I can definitely include it in the show notes. 
But yeah, that is just Paul's thorn in his flesh, Charles Spurgeon, talking about his depression, how it wasn't by an accident. And he also references Paul um, in that passage as well. But again, it does make you feel like a victim. It makes you feel um, like, why me? And for a while, I was bitter at God for that, like I said. But I had to remember that there are certain trials in my life, certain struggles that I have that are given to me for growth. I learned this um, throughout the years. I was very bitter at God, even for just other trials in my life as well, thinking like, you know, I'm, I don't feel relieved of this trial. I'm not feeling like I'm growing out of it. So why is God putting me through this? But God wants you to come out stronger from your trials. And he gives you trials, even gives you thorns in your flesh, other afflictions for your own growth and so that you can be brought closer to him. And throughout these times, he isn't just hands off. God keeps you through it and he brings you through it gently as, you know, our savior and our healer and our Lord. And so that is something that I also learned throughout this whole process of just struggling with depression because it's every year for me. It's no surprise to me when I start to feel these bouts of just super lowness, but I know in the end that God is going to bring me through it. And I kind of turned this into a mental health kind of episode in a way. I guess from my own experience approaching this question, why are we here it just reminded me of the low times in my life when I was very depressed, just mulling over this question. And I assume other people would be too. Like I said, it's not a light subject. It's very heavy and it is bound to be thought of. So yeah, I kind of turned this into that. Um, and then in a little bit, we're going to go into, you know, how we really can glorify God and just practical steps to do that. But I wanted to read a Charles Spurgeon quote, uh, just in the context of his own depression, maybe to just kind of bring it all together for you and just how God can use that even when we feel like there's no purpose for us. He says, it would be a very sharp and trying experience for me to think that I have an affliction which God never sent me, that the bitter cup was never filled by his hand, that my trials were never measured out by him, nor sent to me by his arrangement of their weight and quantity. There's that one line in there that really um, got to me, that my trials were never measured out by him. And now this isn't scripture, obviously. It's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He was a very godly man, though, and very well-versed in scripture. And so even just, you know, taking a line of that, it does show you how God is. So that my trials were never measured out by him. It shows us that God is intentional and caring for his creation and his sons and daughters. Um, so that has given me comfort just to find even this quote, because we can, looking back at my life, I was clinging to that Beyonce song. I was here. And now there's just, you know, obviously that passage that Paul talks about with the thorn in his flesh. And then this quote, um, it just gives me encouragement and just gives me some peace. Um, just knowing that God is behind it all. He orchestrates everything that happens in our lives. 
and he wants to see us come out of it. He's a very caring father. Um, and it's just a reminder of his goodness and his faithfulness toward us. So despite a thorn in your flesh, whatever that may be, you know, whether it's depression or anxiety, whatever mental illness you have or other trials or struggles, if you are a child of God, if you have been saved by the Lord, he is going to grow you. He promises that so much throughout scripture. And I don't have this verse pulled up, but in Philippians, it talks about um, how he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And that's just some encouragement for us to take away from that. So going back to the question, why are we here? Which I know other people have struggled with this question. It's a pretty normal question, I would say, even though it's heavy. And I just think of the catechism, the Westminster Catechism. I think it's like the first question on it. It asks, what is the chief end of man? Jonathan Edwards says that chief end means absolute highest purpose. And we know that to be bringing glory to God. And I just kind of wanted to go more into scripture with that. A lot of Christians probably know it's to glorify God, but let's go to scripture with it. So I don't know if you guys have ever read Ecclesiastes, but it is a doozy. I would recommend reading it altogether. Even if you are depressed, honestly, I have read it when I was going through different seasons of lowness. But I wanted to specifically go into this verse in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, let us hear the conclusion on the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all. Kind of going back to what is the chief end of man? Why are we here? What is our purpose? And actually, I don't know if you knew this, but Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes and he had it all. You probably remember him asking the Lord for wisdom above all things. He asked the Lord for wisdom. So he had wisdom. He had a bunch of women and riches. He went to town. He just lived life like crazy. But this was his conclusion that this is man's all. Fear God and keep his commandments. And he wrote the rest of Ecclesiastes in the context of what really matters. And a lot of it, he says, is vanity. But man's all should be to focus on one's relationship with God, is what he kind of sums it up as. So all that he had, everything in comparison to the Lord is vanity. In the end, all that matters is pleasing the Lord and just to focus on one's relationship with God. So yes, I recommend reading Ecclesiastes. I also found a verse in Isaiah 43 verse 7. It says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Colossians 1 verse 16 says, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. I believe there is so much power in scripture and that scripture just affirms itself. If there's one verse on a topic, you're probably going to find another verse on it. So I just wanted to bring up just a few verses that talk about bringing glory to God 
in that we were created for God's glory. We weren't created for ourselves. We weren't created for other people necessarily. We were created to glorify God. So I guess now going into it, how can we glorify God? Um, Because this ultimately is where we find fulfillment and, you know, the ultimate satisfaction. It isn't in other things. It isn't in being someone or, again, having this many followers or fame or fortune. It is, um, you know, how we lived our life if we were glorifying God. And so I just wanted to give uh, just like a list off the top of my head and different roles that you're in, you know, throughout your life and how you, what does it look like to glorify God at those times? And I also asked my husband, um, you know, as a husband, what are some things? He said, leading, loving your wife, raising godly children. Those are ways we can glorify God. And obviously, you know, in those, I guess, categories, there are other ways. And we'll kind of get more into that as well. As a wife, uh, respecting your husband, just bring glory to God in the home that you create, in the atmosphere. And in Proverbs 31, and it talks about watching over the ways of your household. That that was a really cool way to put it because there's, obviously there's a lot that we women do. um, And that just really summarizes it. Like very general, watching over the ways of your household. But in all those little ways, little things that we do, we do bring glory to God. Uh, I think that's very powerful and beautiful how God has that set up. Um, and and not just as a wife, um, even if you are single, um, there's different ways, obviously, that we can bring glory to God, whether we are just in that season, we are devoted um, to being in the word more because we have more time. We're not you know, taking care of a family. Um, So just being faithful and learning. Um, Also pouring into others at work. uh, Just being diligent, um, having integrity, and just using any opportunity you can to be a light um, and a witness for the Lord. So I'm, and I'm actually going to ask this question down below. Um, What are some ways you glorify the Lord in everyday life? Specifically, For me, like different things that I can just think of that I know glorifies the Lord because I'm obeying him in that, um, because he's given me the strength to do that. I'm not saying this, you know, this is all me. I'm something cool. This is obviously from the Lord. Um, But just like keeping my house clean and inviting, um, I just know that glorifies the Lord. And there's so many other things as well. But if you just look at your life as in all worshiping God, it is all worshiping the Lord. There are so many ways that you can bring glory to him. And it's not really a checklist or this is more important than this. Or I, I believe everything we do is worship to God and should be as a Christian. So it's important to live our lives glorifying the Lord. And that's just even in the little things. It doesn't have to be anything big. Honestly, when I'm sweeping or whatever it may be, you can bring glory to God because you're being faithful and you're being diligent. Again, going back to diligence, it's careful and persistent work or effort. And then I just also wanted to go into kind of more examples of how we can glorify God 
in different avenues of our life. And I'm just going to read off a few of those um, categories, I guess. And in the show notes, I'll include verses by them. So we can glorify God uh, with what we watch in our speech, with our thoughts, in our work, marriage, conduct, glorifying God with our bodies, um, our they're a temple to God um, in our alone time and in prayer. And so again, I'm going to include verses in the show notes that maybe you struggle with one of these, maybe one of these areas you want to glorify the Lord more in. Um, and the scripture that I'll put in the show notes will just kind of help you maybe meditate on specific ones. But yeah, so if you're struggling with the question, why are we here First of all, I would say give it to the Lord in prayer. I've had to do this so much in my life. And there are times when I go back and I'm still like, why am I here? Even though the, even though the Lord has showed me, you know, even though there are other people sowing into my life telling me, you know, that this is why we're here. We're here to glorify the Lord. I still go back sometimes and question. And I think, you know, that's very human of us. Uh, It's not something to be ashamed of, but it is an opportunity for us to go to the Lord in prayer during those times. And he'll show you the greatest fulfillment is obviously going to be in him. But there might be specific ways that he's going to show you, whether it be through scripture or someone else um, sowing into your life. I've had other people, um, other like Christian women in my life who have just been there at the right time that have showed me a verse or specifically talked to me about, you know, how they prayed for me. Um, and it just was the right timing when something bad happened in, in my week or whatever happened. I'm sure you guys have um, had this happen to you too, that God just orchestrates other people in our lives as well. He orchestrates scripture. Um, sometimes it's super random and other times, you know, it's when we are digging into scripture, but God will show you that the greatest fulfillment is going to be found in him and bringing him glory. You may not be rich or famous or even your own version of what success looks like or, wow, that girl, she has purpose. We might struggle with that so much, but there is a reason that we're here. Again, that's to ultimately bring glory to the one who created you. And I think that is such a powerful gift and so beautiful that we can do that and that God has created us to do that, to worship him in different areas of our life. Whereas before, when we weren't saved, we were running away from him, you know, or rejecting him and not serving him. And now we get to do that for the rest of our lives and eternity. Think with that perspective in mind, it is it's something to continue to think on and dwell on because it is so fulfilling, this work of glorifying God and serving him. So with that, that is all we're going to talk about today. It was a doozy. It was a long one. Thank you so much for listening. And if this has just been an encouragement for you or you're just looking for something to listen to weekly, please consider subscribing or following whatever it is you do on here. Um, I'd so appreciate it. And maybe other people will too. So that will really help get this due diligence podcast out there. 
Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.